This is the Raider Cotton Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and our roster of co-hosts, we patrol America's law enforcement beat. We invite you today on a ride-along. Now, here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cop Nation. Episode number 55, Training with Firearms Alpha Mike here. We've got a lot on this episode that we're going to discuss. Of course, we have Kilo Sierra here. He's going to bring us to a different level now on our firearms training, not only downrange, but at home. That's right. At home, not even firing one shot, you can train at home. He's going to cover that. And of course, our trusted friend, Pistol Pete, the gunsmith, will be with us, and he's going to discuss cleaning rifle and shotguns, how easy they are. It's not very difficult. And he'll talk us through that application of the podcast. You know, I'm, I, I love coming out here because not only do I, am I a Second Amendment fanatic, I'm also, I love guns, but I like to talk to those individuals and those professionals that like the subject as well. If we look at the history of firearms and concealed carry, which we're bringing that series up uh, as a test for our audience, it's coming when? Uh, In the back? January, correct, of 2019. We have a six-part series on concealed carry, and we're going to talk about who, what, when, where, and why, and how on that concealed carry concept. But concealed carry was first implemented uh, from Florida back in 1987, and it became very uh, specific on how to carry. Prior to that, people were basically transporting in a vehicle or from their conveyance one to another um, without really a license or a guideline. The state of Florida got smart and said, well, this is great, but we've got to have rules of engagement. So in 1987, those rules were created. More on that concealed weapons uh, course or episode, better said, will be forthcoming in January. But I want to use that as the foundation. A lot of what we do today in training in firearms, of course, you have different elements or aspects of that training. They are the beginner, the novice, the intermediate, and the advanced. All of them are totally different and they have different platforms, and they have different, of course, levels of training. But taking into consideration those individuals that do the daily carry, there are so many things that they might be overlooking in the daily carry. So we want to start you off with training in firearms, if you're new, 
and start progressing it more and more uh, advanced. And you're going to start to see what exactly we're talking about. So I'm excited about this three-part series. This is number two of three, and I'm eager to get in into the mix of things we have. Kilo Sierra coming up first, and followed by Pistol Pete the Gunsmith. We always have the conversation for you, and we also have reasons why we bring up the conversation. I've always said why. We bring up the conversation because simply you can train up on so many elements, but you've got to also train up spiritually. The good thing is that we have somebody that's in our corner 24-7, seven days a week, never fails, never sleeps, never lingers, always there at the ready. But in order to partner up with him, there's a procedure to do that, believe it or not. And the procedure is spelled out in the rule book, which is better known as the Bible. Confessing of your sins, recognizing you are a sinner, having that sin convict you of why you did it, asking for forgiveness, that humble heart, you are on the road to accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. After doing that and praying that simple prayer with that broken heart of asking for forgiveness, he is faithful to be your partner, your God, and your guide. He will take you through a most difficult journey, he has told us, but a faithful journey that the reward at the end is a splendid crown that we can wear with him in eternal life. Sounds like a superhero comic book? Well, it's not. The scripture from beginning to end of all 66 books is real. God authored each page and as a result, once you have him in your life, he will explain each page to you so you never fail. How in the world do you contact yourself with our world, the nation, the Raider Cop Nation? Well, you type RaiderCopNation.com. That's one way. We're also on Facebook. You can look us up as Raider Cop Nation on the Facebook angle. On Instagram, we're there as Alpha Mike, I believe. And more importantly, on Twitter, it's at Nation Cop. At Nation Cop. Log on there, talk to us, be part of that community because we have a lot coming your way. Firearms, training, tactical training, tactical awareness, a lot of things will be coming from the microphone later on to the video to actual hands-on with us. You can also grab that through 
our 09 training group, and our website for that is 09, O as in the little letter, 9 as in the number, tg.com, 09tg.com. And we are always, always happy to um, allow people to come into our world so we could teach them what we know. Always with an open heart, open mind, learning what they can teach us. You know, you're never, you're never too smart not to learn. That's what I always say. We've got a list of shows also coming up. You know, we've got 56, 57, 58, 59 until we get to the third part of this series, 60. So what am I talking about? Well, this is episode 55, 56, Extreme Ownership, and we're going to talk about a specific book. I'm going to break it down for you. And how do you apply that on your everyday job, whether it's law enforcement or something else? 57, The Plastic Gun. Thank God we've got Pistol Pete, the gunsmith, He's going to come on here and he's going to talk to us about the plastic gun. 58 and 59, we've got the cop. He's going to talk to us about two issues that are very important for our safety and our country, and that's human trafficking and gangs. And he's going to give us some pointers and some things to look at. And then we close out this series with episode number 60, that's number 660, and that will be the conclusion of training with firearms. Firearms, firearms. You know, one of the elements of firearms, you can train indoors or in an indoor range or an outdoor range. I had the pleasure of being an instructor in an outdoor range in Miami with the highest humidity known to man, the hottest sun known to man, the most inclement weathers, it, it, it would be 99 degrees pouring sun on top of your head. You could fry an egg on the sidewalk, and when you blinked your eye once, there was a huge cloud over your head pouring rain over your head. But don't worry, five minutes later, it was sunny again. We used to tell all our students when they would ask, do you think it's going to rain today? We always knew what the weather report was going to be. It was hot, cloudy, with a chance of rain every single day. I mean, that had a lot of challenges, too. Slippery hands, sweaty hands with a gun. Mm, sometimes it's not the best. That environment really made the student, which were officers, really pay attention because just on humidity alone, you felt like passing out, let alone go through the drills that you had to. So the point I'm getting at is you didn't focus on the hardship of training. In other words, the weather or the heat and so forth. You concentrated on the proficiency of getting better. And when you train your mind in these conditions, you become a better shooter. Today, for you, the listener, and you're listening to me, there's so many ranges out there, but there's so many things you just cannot do. 
and you can't, some ranges will not allow you to shoot from the holstered position. Some of them won't, of course, let you shoot rapid fire. Some of them will not allow you to shoot at a sitting position or a kneeling position. So you say, well, well, what's the point of training? Well, first you always seek, because you shall find, a place that might have some tolerance for some of your training. But some of that training has to be indoors in your house. You're going to make your weapon safe, clear, and empty, which means you're going to re remove the magazine, safely eject the round that's in the chamber, remove all forms of bullets that are in any room and keep them far, far, far. Lock and key. Let's go with lock and key. So all you have is an empty gun and an empty magazine. Now, you can uh, um, invest in a dummy round, okay? And we will put uh, some information on that on our show notes of what a dummy round is. It will help you... Um, in your home practice, but you'd want no casings. You want no rounds anywhere near you doing your home practice. And, of course, Kilo Sierra is going to take us through that event today, but it can be done. We're going to post especially two products that are out there that teach you to be a better shooter with an empty gun, but the actual gun you're using. And it's important to, of course, always follow the directions of the manufacturer, whatever they told us to pay attention to. Just don't open a box and, and it's like if it's a toy. You remember, you know, you're six years old again. I know the excitement sometimes carries people to a different level. But taking a couple of minutes to look at the manufacturer's guide goes a long way. You ever, you ever get an electronics? an hour and a half into trying to figure out how to set it up, you're forced to bring your eagle down to the lowest point a human being can bring and actually open up the manufacturer's guide and start reading while your loved ones sit around watching you and giving it to you good by saying, you should have done that from the beginning, goof. Yeah, so to avoid that, when you get some of these gadgets that we're going to be posting on our Raider Cop Nation um, show notes, please open up the manufacturer's guide and take a look at it. But these instruments have been made to make you a better shooter. Also, some you can use the sights, okay? Practice using your sights. Practice training your eyes to the sights. Remember... You're safe, clear, and empty. The gun is empty. You got somebody to verify with you that the gun's empty and make sure that there's no bullets nowhere near you. Lock them up far away from you just in case there's a mistake made. Firearms training in. It's an exciting subject. It's one that I love, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. You know... Why do we have to train in firearms in this country? Well, not only did our forefathers give us the right to do so unfringed in the Second Amendment, that we should take advantage of this. 
But we have to be responsible gun owners. And being responsible, safety is paramount. You know, the game starts with safety. Imagine being part of a football team and you show up to play and you're on the scrimmage line, you forgot your helmet. Not going to be very effective after the first hit. So you have to have safety in mind in everything that you do. But we're forced to train in firearms to be proficient because we live in a deadly society. I wish I didn't have to say that. Somebody asked me, wow, so concealed carry started in 1987 in Florida and kind of carried on from there? Well, they're the first ones that put it into the rule book, which is a state statute in 1987, and states started to follow suit after. But prior to that, we lived in another society. We didn't live in a terrorist society that we had to worry about a terrorist blowing things up or shooting at people. We didn't have to worry about going to 7-Eleven at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and some jackass wants to walk in with an AK-47 and hold the place up. We didn't have to worry about a lot of things that we're worrying about today. <laughs> Just look at the assault that's on cops. That'll give you a perfect example. If they're not safe, what makes you believe that you are? So making the call and raising our hand to saying, I believe in the Second Amendment, I believe in this cause so much that I will purchase a firearm and I'll be a responsible gun owner means not only safety-wise and reading the, the man, manufacturer's guide, but also in training. Now, training is like footwear. One size just does not fit all. They are specific guidelines for training, especially as a beginner, that everyone follows. So that is a one-size-fits-all. But that's just to get you to learn how to shoot. Once you're there, you've got to customize your training to fit you, your body size, your eyesight, your grip strength, all those things t are taken into effect. If I gave you a one-fits-all program, that'd be kind of hard to stick your feet in that one. So once you get to that level, then you're free to start developing your stance and your hand positioning and how you adjust your eye to that sight. All these are motor skills, a lot of them, and you have to train up your brain. Thousands of repetitions, your brain does it automatically. For example, if you train your eye to look down the sights as fast as possible towards the target, focusing on the front sight, but you train your eye, you could shoot with your eyes open and you don't have to do the, the old pirate shooting, one eye open, one eye closed. But it takes thousands of repetitions to get to that. It's not a quick fix. You don't go to the shooting range on Saturday, sharpshooter on Monday. It takes a while to get there. Patience and perseverance will get you there. And most definitely, 
an open mind, open mind of learning is most important. Yes, I know, I know. I've been on YouTube too, and there are thousands upon thousands of gun experts there. But be careful what you see. You might start to believe it. We have some very disturbing pictures that we may post on our show notes. I still got to review them. And there's nothing right about what we, we've we uh, copied. But the reason we've copied them is because they're training tools. So be careful what you look for. Not everybody really knows what they're talking about. We will, by the time we finish this series, we're going to post probably about five or six of our favorite YouTubers that we regard as firearms experts. These people are at the top of their craft, and I have no reservation of placing them on the show notes. That will slowly start to happen. So, I don't know about you, but I think I'm starting to hear in the background some typing. And sometimes that tells me Kilo Sierra, always the key eye private investigator and range master, is somewhere nearby. If you listen closely, yep, that's him. He's on his way. And as always, it's a pleasure to bring Kilo Sierra on Raider Cop Nation. Welcome to the, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Listen, it was a tremendous interview, um, our first part series. You brought our listeners up to that standard. Now I know if the people are a little bit more advanced and they're more capable of shooting Maybe, well, they weren't too excited about it. But remember, mm -hmm. like everything, even if you're a listener, you've got to start at that novice level. you got to bring the rest of the class up to everybody's level. Absolutely. And we're definitely Absolutely. getting there now. Now, Absolutely. just to recap a little bit, um, if you can, just tell sure. the listeners what kind of we spoke about last time. Sure. And then we'll, we'll head into the new subject. Sure, sure. What I what I stressed last time, of course, safety is tantamount. Um, I always want to start off with safety, whether you're the intro or the novice or the expert. Uh, safety and safety redundancy is key. So with that being said, um, as I indicated before, that when I start my students off, whether they're if either they're ex, I'm sorry, if either they're novices or they might have had some training and they want to become more proficient, uh, regardless of their previous level of experience at, at, that, at that beginner level, I'd rather start everyone on the same page to ensure that once they have the basics uh, set, um, we can then together move on to the next level. So all my students are on the same page because I'm fortunate enough to have many of my beginning students uh, subsequently come back to take more of my courses. Yeah. So 
that's what I do. I'd rather have everyone start on the same page, and that way when they come back, we can incrementally uh, uh, step it up a notch. And it's a great idea. We got everybody on the same page. Correct. Now, well, we, we talked about, you know, the, the trigger control, the side picture, and so forth. Yes. Today, we're going to look at something a little bit more odd. And the reason mm -hmm. it's odd, if, if I'm not really proficient in weaponry or firearms, mm -hmm. I might not know that I can actually train every day at home without shooting one bullet. Most definitely. Most definitely. So if you can bring our, our audience into how do I train at home? Sure, sure. And I actually recommend that um, with many of my students who start. Uh, so, what I, so what I recommend is, uh, of course, you have the safety essentials, which is tantamount. And um, once they, they, they get those essentials, I, I indicate to them, look, there's an option that you might want to undertake because many of my students... Uh, yes, some want to become more proficient target shooters. However, the vast majority of my students want to move up so that they eventually incorporate a home defense plan or self-defense plan, whether so uh, either home defense or just or a concealed carry. So what I tell them to do, or I advise them to do, is you can actually practice safe, uh, safely in your home by a, a variety of techniques, a lot of techniques you can utilize. If you utilize your own firearm, first the tantamount, it must be rendered safe. Uh, no ammunition at all within the vicinity. And I recommend the same thing when individuals clean their firearms at home too. So no, no ammunition in your vicinity, uh, an extremely tantamount, tantamount, no distractions, no, um, no listening to music, no TV blasting, no stereo, nothing. You, um, like I indicated in my previous uh, uh, interview, when you have the firearm in your hand, uh, it's always considered loaded, but that is the most important thing in your life at that moment in time. Correct. So that, that what I like about instilling that, that idea is that then the student starts to in incorporate that idea, not only on the range, but they start to get used to that when they handle the firearm wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. wherever they are yeah that exactly discipline. that discipline correct uh so at home what are the things i stress if, if you have um if, if your tactic or your, your your plan is for home defense one of the first things you need to figure out uh is what i what i call your zones of fire in your home meaning that if you have to, if you are forced to engage somebody in your in, in your home environment, if you have no other option but to use your firearm in self-defense, regardless of what it is, if it's a handgun, shotgun, rifle, so we're not even there yet. We're just saying a typical, just an engagement. As an individual in your residence, since every residence is different, you must determine which areas you can fire uh, and which, God forbid, you miss. Okay, there's the, the there's the least potential. Uh, for any injury for any individuals uh, or any other structure outside your home, minimal risk. So if your front, if all of a sudden someone breaks through your front door and you decide to engage, let's say, and your state allows you to engage at that point, the, 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 but what if you actually, your front door, you, you live right in front of a, of a daycare center. Obviously you cannot discharge your firearm, it would not be prudent to discharge your fire. So those are the things that first and foremost, before even practicing 
I recommend the, uh, the individual needs to figure that out before they, they go through the drills because um, practice the repetition. It takes thousands of, re uh, it takes thousands of repetitions to uh, create a reflex. So I want to make sure that the student, once they start practicing with some of the recommendations I'm going to talk about in, in a minute, that they, they do it initially understanding where they can and can't point that firearm in their own home. Excellent point. Okay, that's the first thing I do. Well, I, 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 call, I term it, of course, other instructors probably have other names for it, but I call it your zones of fire. And, and so the, the student, I tell them, listen, first, figure out where your zones of fire are. So let's assume that the student uh, sits down and figures all that out. Okay, then they say, okay, I can point here, point there. Now, some of the things I recommend is obviously your weapon being safe. Okay, number one, D dummy rounds like snap caps. Uh, are very effective. Also, laser uh, inserts. Uh, there, there are bullets in which, uh, if you, or inserts in which, if you uh, hit the, the, the round from uh, when you press, when the hammer hits the the, 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 the fake primer, the spring-loaded primer, it temporarily activates a laser, so you actually uh, uh, you can see the hits on the on the wall or wherever you're aiming at. So, laser inserts also. Um, uh, inert guns, asp guns, or something to that effect, dummy guns, uh, can also be used. Um, I also recommend, uh, uh, assuming that you have eye protection and assuming that your state allows this, um, I'm a huge advocate for airsoft also. Uh, but, but, uh, but I have to, I always, with the caveat that, because I teach students in various states, so uh, I would ask the student, make, first make sure that you are allowed to discharge airsoft guns in, in, in a residence. So if that's the case and they use airsoft, then you, you would need an airsoft pellet or BB catch so it won't nick your wall. And of course, eye protection, because uh, it is a projectile coming out of, of, of a simulated firearm. But I, I like airsoft also because with the higher end models, you have that recoil with the airsoft. Um, and that's something that I think is great. And also, to add to that, uh, I also recommend if I if I uh, if the individual uses airsoft, the black BB is not the white. Reason why is that you if you use airsoft a lot, you can actually start cheating and follow the white BB down its path, where the black one you can't. It's harder. So those are some of the things. So simulated firearms like ASP or Airsoft, or if it's a real firearm with laser inserts, um, and in practice your, your maneuvers, uh, uh, kneeling uh, behind some type of cover, figuring out tactically where you're going to bunker down in your house. It all depends on, on, the, on your state laws. Excellent point. And I just want to add to, yes. uh, uh, to include the family. You know. Almost definitely, yes, yes, exactly. The home defense courses that I teach, that we pretty much uh, are huge advocates of that, where, in, in my opinion, uh, uh, individuals that want to incorporate a home defense plan needs to practice those techniques and those tactics just as if you were practicing a fire drill. Um, so the whole family has to get involved. So and uh, you need to find out what areas of what rooms, tactically speaking, you're going to uh, use as a safe room. I talk about safe rooms, what's required in the safe room. Uh, and I really go into detail uh, regarding that in a lot of my courses. 
Excellent points. Kilo Sierra is taking us to a different level. I love it. Now let's look at I'm downrange. I'm on the range now. And uh, I maybe shot a couple hundred rounds downrange. I'm a new shooter. What can I expect uh, as I start advancing? Okay. Well, as you start advancing, for the most part, when individuals take the uh, when most individuals take entry level courses, like I indicated before, the safety is tantamount, and at that juncture, uh, target accuracy is is, is a tried is sought. So that way you understand the basics of sight alignment, sight picture, trigger press, breathing, so on and so forth. And many of those courses uh, also recommend that shooting be done uh, at first initially on like a shooting bag or a platform to stabilize your firearm so you can concentrate, really concentrate on the basics and subsequently move to the standing position, uh, like isosceles position, for example. Uh, so now, however, the more advanced you get, uh, when you have when you have an understanding of those basics, what I like to do is slowly add a couple of little nuances. Uh, the first thing I like to add um, is a little bit of movement. So, because movement is key, because when a firearm comes out uh, in a real situation, when a firearm comes out, there's going to be movement. So, I, so when I, as a building block to that idea, what I encourage and what I do for my courses is that after the initial courses are taken, you move on, I instill movement. So, uh, and also if the, uh, if the focus is going to be home defense, I might even, or concealed carry, I might even throw in the holster because that's a big difference shooting from a bench than it is shooting from a holstered position. Um, so I'll throw in a holster and movement and uh, what I do is maybe side to side, uh, front and back, and that's how I start that way. The and, and also, uh, after the discharge of the firearm, uh, I, I encourage the, the student to look side to side to confirm that there are no other threats. So because from pre previous experience, um, and I tell my students this, what you do on the range, you will do under stress. Automatically. Automatically, you do not step in, in a dangerous situation. You do not step up to the plate. You digress to your training. So, so that's why I, when I talk, when I tell my students, and I start giving them slightly more advanced tactics, moving side to side, maybe a little front, a little back. I might introduce shooting from behind cover, which is a totally new concept to students that are just using that are just used to shooting from a static position. All of a sudden, now they have a, a board, uh, something in front of them. They have to actually creep out with their firearm, and I introduce that concept. But I do it gradually, so they they because for some students it's a lot at one time, you know. So I, I do it step by step, and that's the first thing I do. So I incorporate uh, movement. Um, side to side, front, front to back. I incorporate maybe moving behind simulated cover. And I also incorporate uh, once the firearm is discharged after every drill, um, moving uh, your head side to side to make sure that there are no other threats. Because what, what do most people do when they start shooting from a holster position? They're like robots. They'll, the gun comes out, they fire three rounds and they automatically holster. They fire three rounds and they automatically holster. So I want to get them out of that habit and what I like to, I, like, I use, a, I, I use a catchphrase 
and this is what I love to do when I, when I introduce students to the holstered position or using a holster. I tell them, look, you might be timed if you're in a competition and, or if you are saving your life, of course you want to unholster that firearm as quickly as possible. That is your goal. And, and uh, set presentation time versus set time, we talked about that. However, you're never, you will never be timed as to how fast you reholster. Right. So I always tell the students, find a reason to holster. Find a reason to holster. I use that cadence, so that way it makes them look around before they holster. Little by little, that's how I incorporate the psychological portion of it. Very excellent. Very excellent. And I also want to add, if I can, yes. on the looking from side to side, it's also a good, a good habit to look at an actual object. And the reason I say that is because when I was an instructor, you tell people to look side to side, and they would just move their heads. Right, right. So you want to actually look at something on your right and on your left side. Sure, sure. And what, what's done, and, and what I do um, is, uh, let's say I'll stand behind them. I'll use various techniques. I'll, I'll either have index cards uh, with numbers or color-coded cards or just have my fingers up with different digits, different numbers of fingers up, and I'll have the student, as they look left and right, call out what they see behind them. Excellent. Those are excellent points. And, and especially the uh, what you were talking about, the sitting position and the holstered position. Yes. These are all fundamentals. If you're a new shooter, don't get frustrated because it'll take time to develop. And, and Exactly. You've got to look at every... Every aspect of what Kilo is saying is a different tool that you're putting in your tool chest. And you can exactly. start putting things together. Exactly. Excellent point. I know that um, in, our, in our third series, we're going to take it up even more so, the notch. Yes, sir. And um, so if you're listening and, and you're new at firearms or you're an intermediate... Uh, we will post all this information that Kilo has shared with us, and it is great material. Of course, he is an active uh, firearms instructor in the state of New Jersey, and he teaches in other states, and we'll put his information online as well. We want the listener to become very proficient at shooting because this is a proficiency skill. Am I right, Kilo? Yes, yes, sir. It's, it's a perishable skill. Yeah. So I encourage people that once they start to continuously practice. Yeah, practice, practice, and when you when when you have some more time, practice again. Correct. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Thank you for taking us on this journey. As usual, we are blessed with your expertise, and we Thank look you. forward to number uh, number three of the last part of this series. I am looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you. Have a blessed day, and thank you for being part of the Raider Cop Nation. Thank you very much, and have a blessed day. fortunate to get a lot of good information from Kilo as we upgrade and start moving the needle upwards in our training. Episode 55, Ready Cop Nation training 
with firearms. Training with firearms. So without, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get straight to the man himself. Let me go knock on the door and see if he's ready. And here is the magician, the artwork, the maestro himself, Pistol Pete. Welcome to Raider Cop Nation. Why, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. Well, this week, I know last week, just to recap, we talked about the revolver. We talked about the semi-auto and the process of cleaning and so forth. But this time we're going to go to a little larger guns and we're going to uh, pick on two specifically, which is the shotgun and the AR. Tr carry us, if you can, through the journey of how I just shot this brand new shotgun. It's, it, was, it was a great feeling, and it's time to clean it, and I have no idea what's the first thing I need to do. Okay. As we spoke about when we did the revolvers and the semi-auto, the first thing you need to do is make sure that that weapon has no ammunition in there, okay? Safety is paramount, and that's the first thing we're going to do is get, make sure that the, the, the magazine tube has no live ammunition in there, okay? Correct. Once we've done that, and we're totally satisfied that there is no ammunition, we're going to rack it a few times to verify that there's nothing coming out. Once we've done that, uh, we're going to put our weapons on safe. We're going to put the safety on. And usually, they have a nut right where the magazine tube is. There is a, a thumb nut. Okay? Some people want to put it on their gorilla type, but it's just, it just has to be pen tight. Right. And we're going to loosen that. We're going to loosen that nut. We're going to bring the handguards to about halfway up the, uh, the, the forehand, we're going to bring it about halfway up on, on the magazine tube. And once we loosen that nut, that barrel should come right out. Okay. That's it. That's as far as we're going to go with the disassembling of it. We're going to be able to clean the inside of the barrel well. We're going to clean the chamber well. And we're going to be able to take care of the front of the firearm. Well, and again, if, if you're trying to relate to what he's saying, we're going to have on our show notes, like we had last week, uh, a more specific detail and pictures, because pictures go a long way in today's society. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. I love pictures. Now, of course, I just uh, I disassembled my shotgun. Now, when I'm ready to put it back together, same way, right? Exactly the same way, just go in the opposite direction. You're going to bring the, the foreign tube about halfway. You're going to bring your barrel and put it right around that magazine tube and drop it until it seats all the way. 
and then you're going to take that nut and screw it back on. Again, don't put it on there gorilla tight. It just has to be a little tight. Now, shotgun is pretty much easy. It's not very difficult to do. They're very durable. I mean, these things were built for punishment. They're workhorses, yes. Yeah, they are. They're workhorses. And uh, that's why people love them. So, but when it does climb time to clean them, you've got to know how to disassemble and, of course, cleaning with any type of solution that's out there. We're not really going to recommend a specific solution kit, but, hey, all you got to do is go to the library itself, which is called Google, and you'll find plenty of solutions and stuff that you can use. Now, I'm going to transition to the big boy, where you have to graduate and go into college now. And that's the AR platform. <laughs> I just finished playing with the AR. I shot up a bunch of rounds, had a great time. Now I'm looking at this thing, and I don't know how I'm going to clean it. Well, it's not really all that difficult, okay? The AR has, again, it has a magazine. We want to make sure that the magazine is out. There is no firearm. There's no ammunition anywhere around the firearm. Make sure you put it in a separate room, far away from where you're at. Yes. Once you've done that, you got to pull back on the charging handle and make sure that the chamber is empty. It's kind of tricky because there's it's only through through the uh, dust cover that you're able to look inside and see the chamber. Okay. So stick your head in there and take a little, take a good peek. Make sure that you have no ammo in that chamber. Once you've done that, then it has. At the rear of the AR-15, it has a, what they call a pivot pin. You depress it from the left to the right, and that should make your firearm be able to pivot upward. Once it pivots upward, you can take your charging handle and pull it to the rear, which will expose the bolt. The bolt is basically like the slide on your semi-auto firearm. Your bolt is what goes back and forth, it's what uh, has the the the, uh, the extractor, the ejector, the firing pin. It houses all those different things in there. And just like on your uh, semi-auto, it's what moves back and forth and does the function. Correct. Again, just like on your semi-auto, you want to have that little eyeglass screwdriver so you can clean around the extractor. And you can make sure that you get all the carbon out from all the, the, the little parts inside of there. Correct. Now, um, once I've kind of gone through the cleaning of the AR, because I'm, I'm sure some people have had experiences or they know somebody that's had an experience, assembling is just almost the same as disassembling, correct? Yes. Assembling it would be pretty much basically the same way as you disassembled it, just in the reverse order. Right. So one, one key you, thing you want to remember, if you're a listener, when you're taking apart either shotgun or AR, you want to make sure how you took out a specific piece and maybe set it on a table in a specific order so it tells you, okay, when it goes back, this one's first, second, third, so you don't get lost in the process. That That is... That is an excellent idea, and I use it often. When I'm working on a firearm that I'm not too familiar with, 
I'll take pictures of the disassembly process and what it's looking like inside so I can come back to the pictures later and, and, and uh, assemble it. It's very helpful. Yeah, it, it is. And I just also want to add real briefly that uh, because Pete did talk about safety and safety is a priority. While you're disassembling your weapon, before you get to the cleaning aspect, you want to point that muzzle in a direction of something you you don't want to shoot at. So, ladies, you cannot point at the husband's head and vice versa. Point that muzzle in a safe direction that nothing will get killed or seriously injured if it goes off. So that's a... Right. The rule of thumb is if you don't want to destroy it, don't point the muzzles at it. <laughs> there you go. Whether that be your 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 significant other or that be your 55-inch plasma TV, if you don't want to destroy it, don't point the muzzle at it. Right. Keep it pointed in a safe direction. Exactly. Now, I'm excited about our third show coming up because on the third show, you're going to give us some hints. I brought a brand new gun. Oh, my gun is was Uncle Joe's. He left it to me in his will. And uh, I like it, but it's old. Uh, what kind of upgrades I can probably put on my semi-auto, my shotgun, or whatever platform I'm using. And you can, uh, you know, next the next show that we have, you can walk us through that process. And, of course, this is what Pistol Pete does. Having a good armorer in your portfolio is very important so if you don't know one and you're looking for one we always recommend pistol pete and we're going to post as we always do his information in our show notes and all you got to do is click the button so i'm i'm looking forward to that show because that's the one that i have to take out my pen and notepad uh because we're going to you know maybe talk about triggers and and um sites and, and certain things like that. So uh, listen closely because magic will happen when you listen to this man. <laughs> but we, we thank you, Pete, for coming out on the second show. We know that you're always busy in the shop. We hear it when you come in in your intro. You're hammering away and you're doing your thing. <laughs> we always post uh, some of your artwork. I don't call it gun work. It's artwork. And we're definitely looking forward to that third and final show for those tips because uh, some of the tips you're going to give are going to make them better shooters, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be better shooters from, from some of these suggestions. So I thank you, Pete, for coming on Radio Cop Nation. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's been an honor to, uh, to talk to you guys today. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Just like that, Pistol Pete has gone back to work. Again, you have to be safe, clear, and empty. We can't say it enough. 
whenever you're dealing with a firearm, whether it is loaded or not, you always treat it as if it was loaded. We learned a lot in this segment today. We went up a notch, and our last episode on this segment is going to be uh, number 60, episode number 60, which is November 7th, and that's, that's going to be our air date, November 7th. Great segment. I think so far we're going to stay on the three segments. Information is very accurate, so I feel confident we're probably in that three. Remember that after this one, we have extreme ownership. We're going to talk about uh, the business style, military style of owning what you have, what your position is, and how that works. Very great segment. You're going to get something out of that. 57, the plastic gun. 58, human traffic. And 59, gangs. And, of course, this last segment, November 7th, I think I said. And that will be number 60. And as always, folks, I am always honored that you have allowed me in your space giving you a little bit about our way of life in law enforcement, educating you, making you a better person for a better society. It's been my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Nation. Alpha Mike signing out. God bless you. God bless your community. And God bless And guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, my home, sweet.